Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Connie and this is Danny. This is week five of our Lenten wilderness journey. And today we'll be immersed in John 11, where Jesus is calling Lazarus out of the tomb. We're glad you're here. Come on in. And now beginning in John chapter 11, verses 1 through 27. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, the one whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though, Lazar though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you and you are going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought he was merely referring to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and to Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 
And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now we continue in John 11, verses 27 through 45. Hear the word of the Lord. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly to go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and she said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and he was deeply moved. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and his feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to, to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now, Lazarus, come out. Well, hello there, friends. Um, as you may have guessed, uh, my name is Lazarus. And I was invited by 
Danny and Connie, they are wonderful, by the way, to come and to talk to you since this is my story. Today is about me, but not really about me, about our Savior. But it's interesting, I get to speak a couple of times a year, requests have to go through uh, Jesus, but he felt so good about this congregation and the good people of Columbus, Georgia, that I was allowed to come and speak. So I'm going to tell you from my perspective what this whole strange incident was like. But first, a little bit about me. My name is Lazarus, uh, which means God is my help. No doubt about the fact that God has been my help as it is for all of us. Now, I was born and grew up in the city called Bethany. And Bethany is right on the southeastern slope of the Mount of Olives. And so my family and my job as well was to work to press olive oil. We would make other products from olives and from that oil, but that's just what we did. We were right there on those beautiful groves of olive trees there. I had grew up pretty much a normal kid for that time in that place. I was on the Dead Sea swim team. Try, by the way, doing a flip turn in the Dead Sea. Not so easy. I also was in the Jewish Tabernacle Choir. So several times a week, we'd go into the city and practice with the rest of the children and youth and come back out to Bethany. Bethany's about two miles from Jerusalem. Two miles, very, very close. So we were always a part of things going on in Jerusalem. Let me tell you about my sisters, which you've heard some about, Mary and Martha. Now, I know it's confusing because in your biblical record, there's a lot of Marys. They can all be confusing. But this is my sister, Mary and Martha. Now, in Luke's gospel, in the 10th chapter, Jesus and his disciples come to our house. And by the way, we got to know Jesus and his disciples because they would come regularly because we were so close to Jerusalem. And in Johnny's account, uh, well, I call him Johnny. I mean, he was a friend of mine, uh, your gospel writer, John, which by the way, before I got to know him really well, he would always come up behind me and thump me in the ear and then ho, 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 ho. But we got to be friends, and, and uh, I, I will tell him you're enjoying uh, his account of the amazing stories of Christ. So in Johnny's account, Jesus and the disciples come three times to Passover, whereas the others uh, just have him coming once. But Johnny was right in the sense that we got to know Jesus every time they would come to Jerusalem from way up north in Nazareth and Galilee, he would stay with us because we're right there. So we are really the only friends named by Jesus in Johnny's gospel. And so we know, and you know, that we were pretty good friends. Even before we knew Jesus as Messiah and Son of God, we were open as he continued to come and stay with us. We all became friends. So back to my sisters, Martha and Mary. So Martha was the planner very much like your Martha Stewart. That's how you can remember that. Martha liked to throw parties, to host dinners. Very type A, very much 
structured and rigid the way things were set up. You didn't slack around Martha. She wanted it her way, and it usually was. So they were hosting, again, this is uh, Lucas's account in chapter 10, that Martha was hosting the party and Jesus' disciples came and my other sister Mary was there. And Martha's working, working, working. She's cooking, she's setting the table, she's getting ready because it's not just Jesus and his disciples, as you might think. There's always more people traveling with them. So to host a dinner was always a big affair. So Mary stops her preparation when Jesus comes in. She goes and she sits at his feet, which was not allowed during the day, that day. Women could not be at the feet of the rabbis. They didn't have that kind of access. So Martha, upset because now she's working harder to serve her dinner, comes to Jesus and says, hey, I'm working to serve. Shouldn't Mary be serving with me? And Jesus tells her, no, Martha, Mary is doing the right thing and sitting at my feet. So my sisters were kind of opposite, but loved both of them. They were wonderful people. We were all a close and tight-knit family. Mary, you may also remember, was the one that in several other of the gospel writers' accounts, but in Johnny's account, we're in chapter 11 right now, in chapter 12, she is going to be the one who anoints Jesus' feet with the costly perfume, wiping with her hair. That's my other sister. They're great, aren't they? My two sisters. Very different. But that's how you may know them in some of, John, some of Johnny's writings in his gospel. So let me retell this perspective again from my own. I had gotten sick. And I had been sick for a while. I couldn't work anymore. And it was affecting our family because Mary and Martha weren't able to make a living on their own. That's why the three of us were so close. And they were really dependent on me to work and help them financially in our house. I'd gotten too sick to work. And I was at home. And all of a sudden, things got worse and worse and very quickly I started to spiral toward what I knew would be the end of my life. I couldn't shake this illness. So we sent a messenger to Jesus and his disciples. Again, we're very close friends. He stays with us. We know him. He knows us. We love each other very much. Our only hope was to call Jesus. So we did. We sent a messenger to him and the disciples were confused and thought there would be no way. But you know what Jesus did? He waited two more days, two days before he came. And then when he finally did come, the disciples thought he was crazy because in Judea, where they were heading back to in our region, they had just tried to stone and kill Jesus and the disciples. And yet, Jesus said, we're going to go. Well, you don't question Jesus. Even Thomas, as you know, is doubting Thomas, said, well, I guess we should all go that we may be willing to die with him. Didn't quite understand, but they went. And by this time, we were, I was dead. I had died. 
My sisters were grieving. We had friends. We were part of the focus of our community. We were very much beloved. And I died. And Mary and Martha and those friends that knew Jesus from his time with us knew that we had sent a messenger, but Jesus didn't come. And so that big number, four days, I died in fear, I died alone, meaning apart from Jesus, my sisters and friends were there, but my Messiah didn't come. So four days in, I have been dead, I have been anointed, my body has been covered in the proper spices and oils. I've been wrapped in the gauze. I keep them for when I speak to others so I can put it on, gives you a little flavor. I was completely covered, my head, all parts. I was dead, not just mostly dead, but all dead. So by the time Jesus comes and his disciples Martha goes first. Remember, she's a little more type A, a little more aggressive, a little more wanting things the way she wants it. And she runs out and says, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Became very close to being angry at Jesus with good reason and measure. Mary also later will come and say basically the same thing, to which Jesus responds, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me shall not perish. Whoever believes in me will never die. And then says, do you believe it? And Martha says, yes, you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is coming into the world. So that is the first big question for us. Jesus asks us on a daily basis, do you believe it? These claims that have been made. Our answer will determine everything in this life and the next, the way that we live, the way that we interact with others, our communities, our families, the world. Do you believe this, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? So finally, when Mary comes and says again, if you would have been here, Lord, he wouldn't have died. Jesus comes and sees them all weeping. Sees them all crying in the grief for his friend Lazarus, that's me, whom he says he loved. Johnny says that in his gospel, that he loved me. And I loved him as well. And then Jesus wept. One of our text questions for today is, if Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus, why did he weep? If he knew that this was just a short-term death and Lazarus would be brought back to life, why did Jesus cry at all? Well, friends, this is the part that we can often forget and all of you might forget on earth. Jesus was so human as well as amazingly divine. And when he came and he saw my sisters again, whom he loved, 
and he saw all of the friends that he knew from coming again and again to our house, and they were crying, his heart broke for them in their grief, in their sadness, even though he knew what was getting ready to happen. And that's important to us because no matter where you are in your life, whatever difficulty you are experiencing or in, Jesus knows what it's like. He has cried on this earth for the love of others. That's so important for you to know and never forget. He knows what it's like to be alone, to suffer, to be in the dark. And then, as you will celebrate in a few weeks, to be on the cross and then resurrected. Our Savior is an intimate one, and this is one of those times where we are told how and why. He wept for those who loved me. I was and am very lovable. So Jesus says, take me to them. Take me to his tomb where they have laid him. And now all these people are following Mary and Martha because they think they're going to grieve together with Jesus at, at my tomb. They're going to come and they're all going to kneel and they're going to weep and they're going to cry. Except Jesus says, roll the stone away. And guess which sister had an objection? Martha. She was afraid of the smell. Remember, I said she's kind of that control freak. She wanted to open it up and then something from her family stinks up the whole place. So they rolled the stone away. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And I was back. I was back. I couldn't see. I, Jesus had to help others, have others come in, pull me up, pull me out. And then he said, unbind him. Unbind him. Take his dressings off. And I came back and I was back. After four days dead, my skin was whole, but more importantly, my spirit was whole. And for you, I know you're studying next week will be what you call Palm Sunday, and then the celebration of the resurrection. This event, Jesus raising me, was the bridge from Jesus's earthly ministry until what you call Holy Week. Everything turns. I am the last miracle that Jesus performs in Johnny's gospel. So I want you to know these things. Number one, I was dead for four days. I have been to the kingdom. I have been to what you think of as heaven. It is glorious. It is marvelous. And friends, it's where you want to be. Stay the course. The troubles of this lifetime in this current issue that I know you are all struggling with, 
God is bigger than all of it. Put your faith in God. Put your faith in the one who can bring me, a dead guy, back to life. One of the things I love about the way Jesus did this was that he had others unbind me. Jesus didn't say, bandages fall, or come out clean and smelling sweet. He said, go and unbind him. It took others, my family and my friends in the community, to come and to free me from these burdens of fear, death, darkness, my own sin, all of those things that we fear. Through the power of Christ, they did that for me. And through the power of Christ, we are called to do it for one another. Christ can unbind us from that which weighs on us, that keeps us from being who God created us to be. And yet so often, Christ calls our community, our family, our churches, our world, our friends, our groups, our organizations, our lives, that we see him in each other. I had the benefit of seeing Christ, and you don't in that same way. I knew him, I loved him, I touched him, I hugged him. But you have a benefit that I didn't have, that is scripture, that is your completed Bible. We didn't have that then but you do. Believe that, study it, immerse yourself. Let it wash you over with the grace and love of a resurrected Christ. Be unbound by the power of Jesus Christ. Know that Jesus is bigger than death. Jesus is bigger than our temporary problems and walks with us in those valleys. So believe from me, someone who has been to God's heavenly kingdom, it is glorious. And I lived the rest of my life, my second life, I died twice. Anybody? Anybody? That second life I was given, I lived and it was in jeopardy because they wanted to kill me to prove that Jesus wasn't who he said. I represented all of those things that they feared about him. The rest of my life wasn't easy, but I knew that I was here to share what I knew. So I'm sharing it with you today. So know that Christ came to heal. Christ came to pull us out of our own dark tombs and called, called my name and calls yours. Jimmy, Ben, Eleanor, Alice, Sheila, Dan, Jill, Gary, Tommy, Big E, Keaton, Vaughn, Aaron, come out, all of you. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, know that you are being called from the tomb of your own despair. Come out. Come out. Hallelujah. Amen.